You're listening to a podcast of Business News Background. A weekly roundup of the big stories here in Western Australia. Brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. Welcome to another edition of Business News Background. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital with us today as we look at the stories of the week and some of the big business stories of next week is Mark Panel out of content. The other mark is on jury duty, so we're just flying with one mark, but that's okay. Let's start with a look at the state budget, obviously. Um, big news in that yesterday. Let's look at it from a business perspective rather than you know the, the, the whinging about the odd bit of beer going up or cigarettes or whatever. Let's look at it from a business perspective. What's your headline? Where would you start? Well, we, we focused on asset sales um, and the fact that there weren't any actually named or a, a deadline wasn't given. And I think uh, I think business, particularly the, the, the investment banking, the financial services sector in WA, which has been pretty lean, was, was hoping to see the beginning of the privatisations that we've been, we've been expecting. The, the, the state government um, got EY, the old Ernst & Young, to do a report to them uh, earlier in the year and they gave them a list of options, which we've seen, that that, that, that option list has been out. Um, and really this time we were kind of expecting probably the TAB to be named as the first cab off the rank, a nice easy uh, asset sale, not complicated, and possibly with some other timetable around some of the more difficult ones that might come. That hasn't happened. All we've seen is the list formally repeated um, so I guess the, the, the WA business community at that end can only hope that that means we're going to hear something in the next few months. Um, so that's asset sales. Um, I think the, the, the broad complaining that we do hear about the budget uh, and about the government spending that's still there, the feeling is that they haven't reined in as spending as much. I think that's going to be a, a bit more of an arm wrestle between the new treasurer, Mike Nahan, and things like CCI, the, the business lobby group, I think you know there, there may be a difference of opinion on how much he's reined it in. He'll say he has. They'll say he hasn't done enough. They're saying that debt still goes up, you know, 33, more than 30 percent over four years to 30 billion. That's a big problem. Mm, so, yeah. and and you know, electricity prices. Yes, I know that's the headline, but there's a great deal of small business that gets really irked by that as well and yes. it's a painful it's a painful cost to them uh, and you know we'll get into the federal budget too later on but you know there's uh, there's those just little ongoing costs 10 percent here five percent there it starts to hurt so I, I I think I hope that Nahan has tried to do something politically possible and yet rein the costs in enough that they can start to control the spending because okay. that's that's the big issue, I think. Let, let's just um, look at it from maybe small business, small medium, and also the large end of town. Yep. Will, will those sectors see that budget in a very different light, do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, the, la the big end of town, um, for all the general stuff that are affects everybody the big end of town won't, big end of town won't even notice it I don't believe okay. it is the small end of town that cares about those things water electricity blah because they can't they can't shift jurisdiction or, or or the things that big companies can do having said that there are two areas that I think the big end of town will be a little bit angsty about there's uh, there's there's a lot of emphasis on royalty numbers for miners, and I, I see uh, AMEC have come out today and said they believe that 
the royalty numbers reflect that that are in the forecasts don't reflect current royalty rates and current production. Therefore, they presume there's an assumption in there of rising royalties. That'll worry a few miners because, you know, they've already set, it's a set and forget for them. They've, they've, They've built their mines. They're going to mine the stuff. They'll be disappointed if they have to pay more. And I think the property industry, uh, albeit that they complained very loudly before this budget about removing any chance of removing first home owner concessions on stamp duty, um, and I think they got some of what they wanted, i.e. not much change or not a great deal of change, they're still complaining that it's changed, it's been uh, tightened, and therefore that'll affect the property market. And so they're disappointed. I think perhaps they should be not a, not expressing as much disappointment as they are, but nevertheless, there's just some groups you can't please sometimes, maybe. What about the uh, the external view on this? Um, for example, the, the, the rating that Western Australia has. Is this going to go some way to restoring our AAA rating? Well, you know, I'm not an economist, and I, and I certainly uh, won't claim to know the ins and outs of how those rating agencies work. I think there's two elements to that. First of all, just by the by, CCI says this won't do enough to change, to get us back to the AAA rating. That's what they stated yesterday. Um, I think the second part of that goes back to the royalties scenario. That is now, I think, the major piece of revenue that the government gets. You know, they've complained bitterly that they're not getting the GST, so really royalties have replaced that. Royalties are much more volatile than a nice Commonwealth grant coming in from the GST. So perhaps they've increased their royalty rate somewhere or planning Mm, on mm, it mm. to try and steady that income and get themselves back a AAA rating because the rating isn't about the debt. Our debt is nothing compared to some other places. It's about our ability to pay it back um, without having huge volatility Mm. in the income streams. Just one more final question on the budget. Obviously, image is a, it has a lot to do with business, confidence, sentiment, all that sort of thing. How will the outsiders, and with that, with that I mean potential you know, investing uh, Chinas and Japans, look at Western Australia now with regards to its finances? Will it feel it's getting a firmer grip on things and it's worth investing in? Yeah, look, I think, uh, uh, again, uh, looking at what's happened in the past, I don't think those investors look at this kind of budget as an issue. I think they look at sovereign risk and those right. sort of things. And and what you don't see in here is a great deal of sovereign risk. You don't see, I mean, the, the moment of sovereign risk in Australia in the last five years was the mining tax, you yeah. know, something out of the blue that, that just stunned everybody. And you're not seeing that in this budget. That's what typically scares yeah. f- foreign investors. And then, okay, yes, at a different level, they'll say, cost of doing business in a particular jurisdiction Yes, WA is getting more and more expensive, but you know, what are they setting up here for? Because it's a perfect base for what they're doing, because they're in mining resources or they want to be in the time zone. I don't think the costs that underlie that are any different from this budget than they were from a couple of years ago. So okay. not an issue. With uh, business news background here, as we do every week, we're looking at the big stories of the week and also to next week. Mark Pannell, the head of content, is with us. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital. Let's look at another couple of stories from this week, which are both obviously business-related. Those sort of port iron ore stories that we often report and a couple of biggies uh, this week that, that have certainly cropped up, Mark. Yeah, well, uh, there's a, this is a, a two-pronged story that, that I think is a really good news story for WA and a good news story for the, for the resources sector. 
the view was that 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 the resource sector is is on the you know the downward slope. All the big projects have been announced. Anything that was really going to happen is going to happen, and all we've got is a couple of LNG projects that are that are on their way through, and Roy Hill, and then after that, it's kind of you know daylight. Um, so surprisingly, at the start of the week, um, a consortium, a Chinese, uh, big Chinese steelmaker, a real big one, Bow Steel, and um, a big Queensland-based infrastructure group, Horizon, um, put together a, a bid for Aquila Resources. Aquila controls a project uh, in the northwest. It's an iron ore project. It's got um, it, it, it's got a port and a rail element to it, and it also if those things go ahead, it unlocks a whole bunch of other deposits. So it's not just their own deposit. Suddenly a whole lot of other smaller groups could feed into this uh, proposed port at Ancatel. And, you know, I think many of our listeners will know that that ports are, are very constrained now in the northwest. It's difficult to get a lot more volume through it. And the Chinese want to see more volume. They want more iron ore. Um, so suddenly you've got this $6 billion project that was looking very much on the back burner, had gone quiet, and no one was really thinking it was going to go ahead in this kind of near medium term. It's suddenly back on the agenda. Mm, mm. That's big news. Now, at the same time, at the southern end of the state, in a very different sort of frame of reference, the government has given the tick to a consortium um, with Asiano uh, to do a $200 million redevelopment of the Esperance port, and that's an expansion and a much-needed expansion that was basically constraining the ability of some of the mining groups in everywhere from the Midwest down to the gold fields and, and around the Esperance region to get their minerals out. Um, now, a lot of those projects that needed this port have also gone off the boil. Nevertheless, the fact that someone still wants to do it, and it is conditional on some of these mines, you know, going ahead. But the fact that someone wants to do this port and the government's, found, you know, got gone ahead and making that happen, I think, is very good news. Mm. So, you know, we're seeing both the north and the south some activity. And if that brings on two or three new yes. major to mid-sized mines, that's a very good thing. Sure is. It's good. Amazing how really sort of has snuck under the radar. And, and that's an interesting side from a PR perspective. Well, in fact, this is... You know, you sort of hope how this would happen because we've had booms are really troublesome things. Everyone wants to do everything at the same time. If we could plan and control, and I don't advocate that, you'd really want some of these things to happen in the downturn. And so this is where I think it is very positive. Let's look at uh, next week. Obviously, federal budget coming up. We'll talk about that shortly. But let's just talk about something else that you're featuring in the newspaper. You've mentioned property. We've talked about property quite a lot, but the land development and the issues of land are very, very much front of mind at the moment with a lot of people. We have issues with the with the demands. The cost of developing land, people will say, why on earth is it so expensive here in WA? It's not that hard, surely. It is an issue, though, as you're talking about. Oh, it's a major issue. And um, look, I, I've the, the broad idea that that developing lands got more expensive has been out there for you know years and years and years and there's sort of like there's two contentions out there that some people say the property industry holds on to land and won't release it because they want to see the value go up and they get more money and the property industry industry says that's nonsense it costs us money to hold it we'd love to we want to be able to have it available when the market wants it but the process of land development and proving that has become too difficult and too slow. So those are the two arguments out there. 
Um, we had Nigel Satterley speaking um, on uh, late last week and uh, at one of our events, and I just put the specific question to him. Give us an idea over 10 to 15 years, what's the difference in the cost of a block? And he, he, he reeled it off. And, you know, he said it's GST, it's the, it's the, um, the land services like power and water and everything. And he added it all up to $50,000 per lot. Now, okay, whatever a lot costs these days, you know, 150, 200, 50,000 is a big number. And I'm presuming we're talking in real terms there. So, you know, we're going back into, into the same dollar terms as before. But that bit is only part of the picture. The other bit that he made clear was that the block has halved in size. So in effect, you're adding $100,000 to the cost of a block of 10 to 15 years ago. $100,000 is a lot of money. And that's what's making, that is a large part of what's making life very expensive for everybody. And in my view, it's not just you know we who live here and hope that our children or the young people can buy a house and home like we did. Business people who own businesses, one of the hardest things they've got to do is pay wages to people who can't afford to live and want to buy a house and they push the wages up as well. So it becomes a, you know, it's a, it's a dead cost. Mm. It's a dead cost to industry and to the state. With that, your article's also looking at market supply. Are we becoming overheated? It's an interesting situation in the property. No one's necessarily too sure which way it's going. Look, this is a really good debating point. Um, Nigel Satterley made the point, and he was really focused on the apartment market, all right? His view is it's got hot. There aren't the buyers for what's out there. Now, you know, as and we put this piece up on Friday and we had a couple of the comments, Nigel would say that. Nigel's a land developer. In fact, he's the state's biggest land developer. So fair enough. Let's Then again, he likes to be a commentator, he likes to be accurate, and he wants to be considered credible. So I don't think he'd go out on a limb just for the sake of, uh, you know, giving himself a a few more land sales. I don't think that's what this is about. He reckons there's been uh, something like a thousand apartments approved per year for the last five years, and yet there's only been 700 sales of apartments per year for the last five years. He looks at the moment and says there's been something like 1,700 or something approved in the last year, so way above the average. He's pointing out there's a couple of areas where there's huge amount of building going on or proposed, i.e. Belmont and places like that, and he suggests that's getting hot. There's a, a concern that there won't be the buyers for that level of mm. product. On the other side of the coin, some in the market and some observers and some developers say, hang on, there's huge demand for apartments. Perth's changing. Not everyone wants to live out in the sticks and out in the distant fringes where land's being developed by Mr. Satterley. Um, They can't actually get approval to build these things unless they've sold 75% of them. So, you know, in a sense, whether or not they sell that other 25, they're not going to be sitting there empty, you know. So it's a really good debate. And I find with these things that it's very rarely that anyone can pick the moment um, when the bubble occurs and that's one of the great joys of being an investor that you've got to make your own mind up. It's a very good point. Let's end with a look at the federal budget which is next week. Um, We're not going to dwell on this and go into great length because we don't know but uh, where would you be hoping that uh, business here could see a benefit? Yeah well uh, you know 
the, the benefit has got to be, uh, and, and you know, maybe if there was some criticism at state level, that's that holding, holding the spending growth. The, 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 the national government, the federal government, does have an opportunity to really rein in spending. I think, you know, there's a lot of duplication between what the federal government does increasingly and what the state government does. And I don't think, and I'm sure that the Liberal government in power in Canberra doesn't think that we need two education departments and two health departments. There's a big opportunity to say, that's a state matter. Let's get rid of the cost of it from in Canberra to the minimum degree. We've still got to oversee some of the, some of the money we provide. Let's cut that back. And I think business would say, that's a good thing. Not just because they pay the taxes, but because they have to deal with two different mm, bureaucracies yeah. and that drives them mad. So that's the big opportunity. As for what we're really going to see, you know, that's, that's just hope. Unfortunately, or should I say fortunately, I'm not sure. As a journalist, I do love this budget process. There's a flying up the flag and putting out things and, you know, we saw a debt levy that was going to hit everyone who earned 80000 and suddenly now it's going to hit anybody who's got 150. That's all good fun. Um, so we will have to wait and see as to whether they really bite the bullet and rein in some costs. But, um, you know, that that process is is fun. Um, I worry about the fact that they have to test everything in public before they do it. Yes. It's like, didn't they win an election just recently? Can't they just make some decisions, especially in this first budget, get on with it, you know? Okay, we won't speculate on anything else. We'll wait to see what the reality is and we'll talk about that probably same time next week. I think we will be. Mark, thank you very much indeed. Have a good week. We'll uh, have another business news background for you. Same time next week. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this via iTunes and then it'll arrive on your gadget automatically. Till next week. You've been listening to a podcast of Business News Background, brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. For more information, go to the website businessnews.com.au. Thank you.